what we're here for. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, you're listening to Bush Radio, as always. <laughs> I am your host, NC Dave, who absolutely did forget the name of uh, the podcast for a second there. So, um, And with me is the blurry-eyed Joel, the Boston Strangler, McGrath. <laughs> I don't know. I was oh. gonna, I was gonna come up with something a lot better than that. I had something really funny, and uh, it escapes me now. So after the last few games I've had against, Pat, uh, yeah. you could have called me the Pat Strangler. The Pat Strangler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Joel's been working in the local Benigo shop this week and last week, and uh, so he's been getting plenty of practice in people. So look out. How you going, mate? I'm all right. I'm a bit tired. I'm probably not as tired as you. You, you look tired. Yeah. Well. Let's hope these beers can perk me up while walking shit for the next couple of hours, eh? Yeah, I hope so. We do have an action-packed episode ahead uh, for all you guys listening there. And um, while I might not sound overly thrilled and enthusiastic, I'm just a little under the weather, but uh, rest assured... I was wondering what that smell was. Yeah, sorry, it's not contagious. (laughs) Well, not to listeners. Um, Thank you to everybody that has been listening so far. Um, And we've actually started getting in some more fan mail as well as uh, we've been asking people, send us your questions and we'll answer them. So now how's this? This fan mail came directly to Joel from none other than Sweden. Sweden. That's right. Uh, Now this comes Mm. from, uh, uh, I think we decided we were going to call him Jan Sigmar Olsen twins. Can I can I attempt in the yeah yeah you can't in, say it in, properly. in the Swedish? Jan Sigmar Olsen. Yeah, that's that was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. done. Uh, Thank you for sending us your feedback. We we love hearing reviews and people actually enjoy listening to us. Well. Not just enjoy listening to us, but listening to us in general. So, thank you, Jan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jan's comments were uh, currently at episode two. I'm not going to do an accent. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not going to insult everybody. (laughs) I really like your idea about getting more people to play, having the community grow, etc. All good stuff. Hard to rate, as I'm currently living in the Swedish outback, driving three hours every odd month to play with my boys. Cheers. Swedish outback. Yeah. Man. I wonder if they have the same shit like that what we do, or is it if it's just like a dense woods? I kind of <laughs> hope it's you know like gingerbread houses and shit. <laughs> uh, but I think the fact that I'm not well travelled is probably showing. So, yeah, uh, I, I do feel sorry for this bloke because he's only up to episode two at the time of writing in the fan mail. Uh, whether or not he's still a fan after episode five is another story. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a fair point. It's kind of like, uh, you know, leaving a message for someone in the past who may or may not hear it. Yeah. How, how does that work? I don't know. I've just, <laughs> I, I've, just, think, I've just hurt my brain. <laughs> yeah, I think um, episode three and four were the juicy ones for people yeah. that actually started tuning in to listen to. That's so. true. We did. Uh, we got some good numbers on those. I haven't checked the numbers, but... Um, it is growing, and we really do appreciate all the downloads and shoutouts. We're up to thousand downloads. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know the actual number, but I'm pretty sure it's up okay. there. Okay, to be confirmed. Um, yeah. Cool. I, I reckon it's closer to ten thousand. <laughs> uh, no. Um, Your family must be really big, Dave. Yeah. They, no, they're just <laughs> persistent. Um, uh, we have Adam. I'm not going to give you give out your last name, Adam, because that's that's his like Birch's Birch's Gully. That's not his last. Name. No, uh, Adam Burt. Ah, fuck yeah. Uh, why can't I beat Thunderdust? My Slanesh list. Yeah. Now, 
I don't know if you saw, but on the uh, I, I'm going to talk about it. I don't give a fuck. Yep. Uh, on the was it the Sydney Eight Sigma Facebook page, some mm-hmm. bloke uh, who's obviously newer to the to the game. Uh, he's having a sook about Thunderdust dealing six mortal wounds with their snowball shooting attack. Yeah. And he's playing Slanesh. Yeah, so it's just been a bit of a running joke lately because I sort of jumped on there like Beast Claw Raiders because they're garbage. Yeah. Uh, so we're obviously playing very different lists. And then he decided to have a go at me. Uh, <laughs> I see. So, yeah, anyway, uh, Adam, I don't know why he can't. Maybe you should just fucking bite the bullet and get good mate there or you go. go play 40k oh <laughs> don't use the f word <laughs> right our next question is from measure gaming's own spooky luke ingram with some new releases out about what armies do you think will take out saggy which is the south of grand tournament uh is the slanesh going in fearless are you worried about well i assume he's talking about gloom spite or feck or skaven Coming to Saggy T. Bring it on. Bring it so on, he says. going in fearless. Uh, so, I just want to say as well, sorry to all my Beast of Chaos fans. Uh, I have done the dirty on yous for the next event I'm going to. Uh, and I'm slashed to Saggy T. However, that is because I couldn't be fucked painting up more Bestigore. Mm. In terms of his other question, uh, so what army do you think will take out Saggy T? That's, a, that's an interesting one because uh, obviously the Slanesh will. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. No, I don't, it's open. It's it's a fucking stack stack card as well in terms of who's going there. Yeah. Um, anything, anyone could fucking take it out. You know what the meta's like. It's just full of fucking absurd shit. Yeah, you go in expecting one thing to be all you're gonna see, all you're gonna play against, and is gonna flog it, and then all of a sudden none of that shows up, and something out of left field. Just... Yeah. Uh, if I'm putting money on something, it'll be Beast Claw Raiders taking it, because they're really fucking OP at the moment. There apparently. you go, <laughs> and they'll they'll destroy your Slanesh. So. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Um, actually, if you look behind you, we're, we're once again recording in the Secret Underground lair at Measured Gaming, and so there's shit everywhere, but if you look behind you, you'll see that that's my Beast Claw Raider army. Um, Three-star collecting boxes, 12 ogres, and two iron the kids yeah which i'm using as the the catapults instead yeah nice yeah oh and there's a gargant somewhere yeah. he's over there he's so, taller he's taller than the rest uh next question we've got james farley who left the review for us last time yeah yeah from uh from uk james Straight from the uk yes what do you think the impact of skaven will be on the aussie meta given you have quite a lot of master level Skaven players uh and will any of you be tempted to use them well, second part of the question. I bought more Skaven during the week. I am running a Skaven army probably for my 2020 army. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that Skaven's got a massive impact on the Aussie meta, uh, just the meta in general, uh, international meta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they are borderline fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, some of the combos and shit that I have just been playing around with, even before the Battle Tome came out, like with the rumours. Yep. Uh, shit's fucked. Yes, I'm tempted to use them. As I was saying, already wrote a list prior to the Battle Tome coming out, and it's going to wreck face. Uh, I picked the Endless Spell box and the Norhold box today. I did the same? Yep. Well, I ordered mine for my, um, uh, my Polish connection. I appreciate you uh, supporting local business, mate. In fairness, I do buy your overpriced brushes. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's another story. But my guy, my guy in Poland, he's just, he's that much cheaper and, you know. 
That's fair. Got to yeah. got to help a Polish no, brother out. No, you got to you got to you got to fucking spend money to make money. Probably, yeah. I'm investing. <laughs> I'm investing in the Polish economy because they're going to be a powerhouse. Don't you worry. Um, now, our next one comes from Lee. Lee Caruana. So I'm collecting a Demon Maggot Kin Force. Do I collect in all the Maggot Kin models and expand the army or wait for, Sl- for Slanesh release and splurge on the new hotness when, if they come out? Well, Lee, I would suggest that perhaps you... Uh, snip out and glue your models as opposed to sling all over them um <laughs> but outside of that i mean you've got disease versus sex and titties right, he's asking the wrong question in my opinion mm. uh should you start a slanesh army fuck earth you should mm-hmm. that's all there is to that question next <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm a fan of the maggot kin i like them yeah, I, I think putrid you know, blight kings and a bunch of other things in there are hugely destructive yep. very cool yep in all seriousness they do have legs yep. funnily enough most armies do yeah uh Megakin uh isn't for me mm. I don't like well I don't yep. like just having resilient shit that's not doing anything mm-hmm. uh but you know each of their own some people enjoy playing those kind of armies and good for them yeah yeah Ben Murray from Major Gaming yeah He's asking, will a regular Joel's Bok fan mail segment be added to the podcast? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But if we did, what would we call it? Bok McCock's mailbox. Uh, I have... Um, this isn't me bragging. This is just telling the story, giving a bit of ground behind the, the question. Since coming forth at CanCon, uh, a lot of people uh, online have been messaging me... Uh, you know, asking me for information on lists and all that sort of shit, just because I didn't take Zench units. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's been a lot of that shit. And uh, I have kind of been gloating about it in our chats, but I'm not gloating about it now. No. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there's, um, there is a possibility of a, a Bok ma- fan mail box. Mm. A Bok box. box. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm keen, sort of, sort of not regretting, but I'm sort of... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The word is missing them already after playing Slanesh for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there's still a lot of love there. There is uh, still a lot of things to do with that army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Brad Vassallo, I'm going to say. Uh, I'm just starting Age of Sigma after a long stint away from War Fantasy Battle. You have mentioned a few times things uh, you as a player have to supply in a tournament, such as tokens. Can you run through what a player needs at a tournament? Yes, we can. We can, Brad. And I think we'll actually do it a bit later when we're going through the SAGT player pack because it outlines what you need to bring with you and it's a pretty good general list of what you should take. So uh, keep listening for that because we'll go through. So you can either uh, listen to the whole episode or you can skip about two hours down the track. Alex Bradbury. Uh, So this was actually a reply on Brad's uh, comment, uh, question. Yes. Uh, Alex says, in addition, any sessions on good places to buy tokens slash markers for things like the hit, etc. Yes. Yes. Go to miniaturescenery.com yep. and talk to Tim, who's a legend, who's a local legend, yep. and uh, you will be able to uh, talk to him about doing your own shit. Uh, I know he doesn't probably enjoy doing this, but he does it for us, uh, which is custom designs. Uh, specific to your needs. Yeah, he's actually uh, quoting for me 
at the moment, I've asked him for about 30 different tokens that I want that will help me track um, effects that are on units so I don't forget, but also uh, bubble effects that some of my heroes are causing on nearby things so that once again, I don't forget. Um, uh, he, he's really good with all that sort of stuff because uh, he's getting information from a game system which he hasn't really supported before, mm. such as Sigma, and he's now putting all of our stuff that he's doing for us onto his website to then sell to other people. So when you see movement trays on there, those were initially custom design for Joel. Correct, yeah, for, yeah. My, for my box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're a great design, actually. I've, uh, I'm using them now myself. And, yeah. um, uh, 32 mm bases stacked up in units of five. Uh, one inch range can attack over the front line from the back rank. Yeah, so they're not like a super tight cluster. They're spread out a little bit to allow that back row to, to come forward Correct. a little and just yeah. to just to so get that one inch you, range. if you get charged, for example, and can't be fucked taking your models off the movement trays, then you don't have to worry about moving that second rank. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's good. It is good. Last uh, comment, Duncan Woods, get Pat on again. Well, when Pat learns to bloody well behave himself, he'll be invited back. Yeah, he gets out of prison. Yeah. Uh, we'll consider it. Right. Let's just say, as a regular opponent of his, mm. he's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and he's great in small doses. He is. Yeah. So no, We love you, Pat. We'll get you on again sometime. Now, just recently... Uh, we had our first uh, of hopefully what will be many monthly mini tournaments. This is a one-day, uh, three-round, really friendly kind of get-together. It's aimed at new players to come and get a taste of what match play is about. We purposely took uh, non assholey armies with us. Well, some of us did. Some of us did. Some of us just played with whatever we had and destroyed everybody. Yeah. <sighs> Um, but the intention was there that these are a, a 1250 point list on a 4x4 as opposed to 4x6 table. So adjusting battle plans to suit that different shape table. And yeah, as I said, three rounds, 10 bucks entry, podiums got store credit back in yep. the store where we did it, which is Guff in Bendigo. The reason that we were playing there as opposed to the Warhammer store is that there's just not enough tables in, yeah, there's a heap more space. Yeah, in, in the store. So we play up at Guff and, um, yeah, we were able to have our nine tables on the go for everyone we had playing. Yeah. It was a really good turnout. So um, Cam came first. Yep. Uh, with his Ideneth. And uh, second place was Ben. Was Ben and his Seraphon. Yeah. Then third place, Corey Ford with his Corn. Which must have come down to kill points. It did. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of people on two and one. But we had... Uh, 13, 15 people. Yep. Um, which was really good. So, yeah, three players who aren't typically up there on the podiums taking it out for the first time. I know the next one I'll be taking a much filthier army. I'll be doing the same. Um, <laughs> I I took a pretty low-key uh, Stormcast list, and I still won two of my three games, mm. but it was, it was a... But we got to play each other, didn't we? We did. We yeah. played in the last round. I was beaten by Cam and his Ideneth. But I beat uh, Dalton and his knights. I forget what he was. Slaves. He was slaves, wasn't he? Uh, and I beat your box, Bock, fluffy Bock list. Yeah, it was a guy that came out of a turn four priority roll, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, yeah, it was very much the same with my game against Dalton. Came down to that priority roll, and you know, just won through outmaneuvering as opposed to actually 
doing a lot of damage. Yeah. So what you're trying to say is you just lucked out then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, basically. sorry. The salt's still coming out of me. I've been playing yeah. paddle day. Yeah, no, look, it's <laughs> still a W in the column. I'm still all right with it. <laughs> um, yes. And I got tabled by Cam's Ideneth. Like, just no question. Molested. Yeah. Yeah. They do that. It, yeah. it was good. It's the first time I played against them, and it's good to see what they can do mm. um, and get an idea of what I should be targeting or what I should be going after what I should be staying the fuck away from. With Stormcast, that's not always easy. Not no. with the list I had. No. They just plot around. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll know for next time. Mm. Who did you play against? Uh, oh, fuck. I played Pat first round. Mm-hmm. That was that was a salt-filled game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who else did I play? I played, um, I played Corey Ford second round, and then, yeah, you third round. Yeah, that's so, right. So, you know, you got to smash Corey up, which is, you know, what I normally do. There you go. Yeah. Oh, well, look, it's, sometimes it's good not to change things up. Mm. Yeah, uh, next one is scheduled for March the 12th. Mid-March. Keep an eye on Guff's... Um, <clears throat> it's, the, it's the week before Saggy T. There you go. Um, keep an eye on Facebook uh, on Guff's page because they do list each week all the events that are on. Mm. As we said, it's 10 bucks entry. Um, top three players are going to get some of that winning back in store credit. And it's just a lot of fun. It's a one-dayer. Yeah. There's no, no fuss. No stress. There's no painting requirement. There's no, you know, really, it's it's really okay. Yeah. Yeah, hoping that uh, we had a, was it two new people? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So hoping to double that every time. Yeah, that'd be really good. Just to uh, start to start to grow the AOS scene a little bit here locally in uh, Central Victoria. Now, as you mentioned, next one's a week before Saggy T. Let's talk about... Saggy T. Let's talk about the Saggy T. So, Saggy T is a GT held in Adelaide, South Australia. S-A-G-T. Yes. Yeah. Damn. We've got seven of us going. Yeah. Not 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 as many as CanCon, but still, no. it's a... Uh, yeah. The guys just uh, couldn't get tickets in time. Yeah. They sold out pretty quick. Um, I'm really stoked. I will, I, will, I will be going, and I'm very excited by that. Yeah. Uh... I, um, as mentioned, will be taking Slash. Um, just, uh, we're driving over, uh, so Tristan and myself are going in the ute, and uh, I'll be working on the Monday, so I need to finish my game super quick, especially that last one, skip the presentations and fuck off home. There you go. <laughs> hopefully if you get a trophy this time, Dave Kerr won't punch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully you guys will actually bring it back to Bendigo for me, so. We'll see. If that's the case. <laughs> You're not expecting in one piece, are you? No, probably not. Mate, I never expect trophies in one piece. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank God, because you're just going to get fucking disappointed. Um, So, um, we've got the player pack here. We're just going to break it down a little bit. Yep. Uh, Firstly, first thing I want to talk about is uh, the the battle plans that we'll be playing. Yes. Uh, So, I'm just going to rattle off the five. After each one, I'm just going to get you to say, love it, hate it, or I don't even know it. Sure. Go nuts. So, game one, Blood and Glory. Don't even know it. That's a, that's a, hang on, pl- we, that's what we played. We played that, didn't we? we? Yeah. Uh, so that is um, an old school one I haven't played before. It's pretty much a late game grab. What? Yeah, after turn three, if you hold all four, you win. Yeah. Uh, I fucking hate it personally. Uh, it's like an old school version of Knife to the Heart. Yeah, except with four battle plans, uh, four objectives and seven. Yeah. Okay, I got no issue with that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got, I've got a bit of an issue. Um, even, even though the armies I do design win the the sort of win early on uh, battle plans 
quite easily, sorry. Um, I really don't like this one just mm. because it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, happy to play it, you know, whatever. Game two is Star Strike. Once again, first time I'd ever played Star Strike was um, uh, last week, Night Haunt against your Slanesh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fucked you real hard. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, my list has changed a fair bit in the last seven days, yeah, I can tell you that. We're going we're gonna to rattle off the list. We will. Um, down the track. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I actually really like Star Strike. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it again. Uh, the re- reason why I like it for is because you can go hard early game uh, or you can uh, reserve yourself back and go hard late game and still win. Yep. So it really doesn't benefit one particular army build. No. Um, and there's a lot of sort of tactics. Even though that like the three uh, objectives are randomly placed, you still know where they're going to be, one of the three spots that they can go. Yes. So it's random, but it's not random like uh, like uh, relocation orb, for example. No, no, that's right. And they're not moving. You can, yeah, you can, you can make an educated guess or stack a side of the table and yeah. know you're going to be in an alright position. Yeah. yeah. Uh, game three, better part of Valor. So that's the six objective burny ones. Burn, burn the objectives, yeah, okay. Um, I quite like that one. I like the tactics of it. Uh, we played that Yeah, with your ourselves, new list. With my new list, yeah, which yeah. did a lot better. Wasn't as much of a destroying kind of experience for me. <laughs> Still lost, but it was much, much closer and went much longer than it probably was expected to. Yeah. Uh, my armies normally win this one turn one or two. Mm. Uh for that reason, I don't like it. I write my list to do well on these sort of battle plans, though. Yep. Um, so I'm putting that in the same category as Blood and Glory. Uh, yeah. Yep. Happy, to, happy to play it, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, it's just a um, bit of a non-game in most circumstances. Like at CanCon when I was versing that Iron Jaws bloke, I won turn one before I even got to roll the dice. Yeah, which is crazy. It's not a game, no. is it? No, it's, no. Just, it's not fun. Uh, anyway, uh, game four is Three Places of Power. Now, I'm more familiar with um, Places of Arcane Power. Pretty much the same thing, except uh, heroes only, so heroes and wizards. Well, wizard heroes. So, Evocators, for example, can't capture the objective. Okay. Yeah. Um, seems that there's a lot of old school battle plans in there. Yeah, you got one, uh, two, two out of the five, uh, what, core rule book. Yeah. And you've got... The other three, uh, Starstruck, Better Part of Valor. Yeah, you got two which were last year's, and then you got one which is Focal Points, which is the newer yeah. version. So I like Focal Points. Love Focal Points. Yeah, happy yeah. with that. Uh, I had a game with, with Pat today. And it was like summoning corn list, which was just a bit of bit of fun versus Mosleynesh Army. And um, well, it was 23-22, the end of turn five. It's crazy, crazy numbers. Uh, what was crazy about it, though, was the fact that there was about 3,500 points worth of shit summoned on the tail that game. Yeah, that's... From, from both sides. That's insanity. Yeah, it was just it was just such a bizarre game. It was really good fun, actually. It was it was my best, worst game I've ever had. <laughs> I love those. Yeah. <laughs> so, well done, Pat. You actually um, made me semi-enjoy a game. <laughs> Will wonders never cease. <laughs> Uh, apart from that, so I, I, I do really like the the battle plans, um, especially from a TO point of view. Uh, there's a few there which will actually break the pack up quite well. 
Yes. Um, in terms of major wins, minor wins. So like Blind Glory, it's almost impossible to win a major unless if you're building an army for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, three places of power. Yeah, they're all they're all pretty decent. It's what you would normally see in a, in a player pack. So, yep. yeah, I'm happy with them overall. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, obviously, fully painted. Um yeah, we want which yeah. which is obviously expected these days. Now it's uh, just the standard, yeah. The round stuff. They're doing it a little bit differently. Okay. Uh, so they've got what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different uh, realmscape features for seven different realms. Right. Uh, so they've short handed, well, short selected them. And what is going to be happening is, I'm pretty sure they're going to be randomly allocated. Or allocated in like a in a booklet sort of thing that we get yep. saying what realmscape feature we'll be using. All rules for realmscape features, realm commands, and realm spells from the core rulebook will be in use, with the exception that the realmscape rule will be fixed as per the table below. Spells are optional if both players agree to them. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, there's basically everything else. So there's the painting rubric and all that sort of thing. All right. Have you got the list there of what we need to print? Just. Uh, uh, yeah. That's. To... <coughs> Sorry, that's back. Um, I just want to make sure we've had the opportunity to answer Brad's question. Um, good old Brad. Boy, I want to bring, want to bring introduction. Where is it? Jeez, I hope it's in there. I've talked it up. I was pretty sure it's a good player pack. All right. <laughs> what to bring? Please ensure you bring the following to the event. This will ensure that games run smoothly and on time. Mm. Number one, at least three printed copies of your army list. That's kind of important, uh, yeah. Because there's nothing worse than having someone show you on like a zero or something their phone of their list that they've either updated to suit the battle plan or whatever. You know, having a hard copy, it's kind of hard to dodgy that. Absolutely, and I got to say, after CanCon, actually, I remember um, our own Luke was actually really disappointed because the player pack asked for six copies of your list. Mm. Uh, five copies, whatever it was, and he printed them out and laminated them so that each of his opponents could have it. <laughs> That's not how it works. I think um, <laughs> you only really need one copy, to be honest. Yeah, because most people will look at it and hand it back to you. Yeah, like, yeah, um, oh, generic gold pilgrims, yep. yeah. Yeah, no, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Um, that, that's what you can expect to see, but um, yeah, he was he was pretty devoted that no one wanted to keep his um, army list uh, as a as a keepsake or <sighs> as a as a bit of uh, swag or loot. So maybe you needed to do some coffee stains and some burning of the edges kind of yeah. shit, you know, and make it a bit more interesting. Make it make it look like you know it's an actual fucking ye oldie. Yeah. <laughs> Should have framed him. Uh, number two is your fully painted army. No shit. Um, Hard to play without that. Number three, core rulebook, General's Handbook 2018, Malign Sorcery, if using a realm artifact, uh, and Battle Tomes, if any. There you go. Um, could also add in their War Scroll cards if your army's got them. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, measuring tape, dice, and at least three objective markers. Would never have thought to have brought them to an event. No. Well, there you go. Um, outside of that, some other good things to bring would be uh, a nine-inch rule. Mm, yeah, so combat gauges, tokens, and markers, and any other gaming aids. So yep. nine-inch, six-inch, four-inch if you have special pile-in rules. Yep. Uh, uh, bring a, a 
combat gauge, which is your three three inch. Yeah, bring two multiples inch, one of inch. them. Don't just bring one; bring multiples. Um, if you play armies that I like, I do. There's a lot of stuff where you're landing nine inches away from enemies, so having sticks that are nine inches long, you can lay out on the table, so you can basically position yourself away quickly from uh, enemy models. Yeah, really good thing to have, and often at events, they're the kinds of things that get given away. Um, so fingers crossed we'll see something like that. One thing that's also not on here, which we have touched on what Tim does at miniaturescenery.com, <laughs> is um, movement trays. Movement trays. If, you got, if you're running a horde army, it's yeah. a must. Because each round does have a time limit, and um, as someone who does play with you know, a lot of toys, not only is it hugely fatiguing to move them around, but it's really unfair to your opponent if you're taking that long in your movement phase. Mm. Um, so, yeah, do consider movement trays yeah. if, uh, if you're running a lot of models. So, what they do is they speed up deployment and then they speed up the first or first or second, first and second sort of movement phase. Yeah. Uh, which generally they're the longest turns in the game. Well, there's more things on the table. There's more to do. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you can move a, a horde of 30 models or whatever it is uh, in the same uh, speed as moving like six models, yeah. then you're laughing. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, definitely something to keep in mind there, Yeah. Brad. Uh, apart, apart from that, pen, paper, calculator, phone for results, calculation, recording. Uh, is also recommended to have a carry tray for easy movement between tables. This is a fucking must in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... CanCon's uh, CanCon two years ago for me was my first ever major event. Yep. Uh, I didn't have one, so I was constantly packing all my models back into my foam uh, case. Yep. And transporting around like that. Yep. Uh, that was a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's going to add ten minutes, you know, five minutes to the end of one game, five minutes to the next. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just annoying. Um, yeah. This year, uh, I brought myself like an $8 fucking uh, storage tub thing from Kmart that has like a Macus tray lid. Yep. Uh, plenty of storage base in the bottom as well for throwing that we need to bring, um, you know, things that wouldn't sort of go on top. Uh, yeah, best investment. Uh, other things which are really good is uh, like the uh, fucking meal tray sort of thing which has handles on the sides. Yes, yep, um, like your breakfast in bed style yeah, yeah. tray. Yep, yep, that works perfectly. Um and, you know, you can just chuck your dead pile on that instead of on the table as well so it doesn't clog up a corner of the board. Um, and then the most important thing at an event is deodorant. Yeah. I always, always have a can of Rexona in my gaming bag. Um, let's be honest. There's a lot of uh, big sweaty individuals leaning over tables and there's a lot of tension in the air. There's a lot of sweat. Yeah, deodorize people. Even even if it's uh, you know it's not even that hot. Seems you're up and around and moving and shit. You're going to start perspiring. So yeah, definitely spray before you go and then uh, spray after every game. Yeah. Um, I also kept a couple of Gatorades with me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just important to keep sort of hydrated. Yeah. Beer only goes a certain way. That's right. I mean, there's there is a amount of water in it, but yeah. Gatorades or something along those lines, I found, was a, yeah. a good thing to have at camp yeah. on, especially because it was bloody hot the first day. Was um, I was packing four bottles of water in my bag Yep. a day. Uh, refillable drink bottles are also good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Save the environment and all that sort of shit if you're into that. Yeah. Um, otherwise, just stick to hard drugs. Yeah. 
But um, that's pretty much it for the Saggy T player pack. We're not going to cover it in too much detail. No, go away and read those battle plans. Get to know them if you are going to the Saggy T. And um, yeah, actually, just yeah. read the fucking player pack. Uh, again, as a TO, one of my pet hates is people asking me questions which are, in fact, listed in the player pack. Yeah. Just read it. Do yourself a fucking favour. Know what you're doing. There you go. Fuck. Straight from Molly. Thanks. <laughs> That's an Aussie joke. Some of you overseas might not know who <clears throat> Molly Meltram is, but do yourself a favour and go find out. Yeah. <laughs> he likes ladders, apparently. Alright, let's move on. So that was the pack. What list are you prepping for Saggy T, Dave? I am going to take the list that I played against you with uh, last week. Um, It's a Night Haunt list. It's very different to my CanCon list. Uh, It's much more hero heavy. And uh, I'll quickly rattle it off. Now, this is what I'm working with at the moment. And I must throw a little shout out. This list actually is the love child of a of a messenger conversation between myself and Pat. See, he watched... I didn't know they got internet in jail. No, well, someone must have smuggled a dongle in. Ah. Uh, you know, because uh, I hear they do that in jail. They smuggle <laughs> dongles all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking an artifact from Heish, assuming that I can do that at Saggy T. <laughs> I think you can, yep. Uh, cool, my general, Dreadblade Harrow. Uh, so that is the Night Haunt that can teleport around. Um, then you can use a command point to drag a unit to your general. So it's a good way of transporting some shit around the table. I love that ability. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Look, he's a 100-point hero. He doesn't have great damage output, but he's all about maneuverability. Um, it's kind of your almost like a Relictor-style mm. character. Um, Repositioning is huge in this game, so... Yeah, um, I'm taking a Linda. I'm taking a Guardian of Souls with a Nightmare Lantern. I'm taking a Knight of Shrouds on Steed. That's for the plus one attacks command ability. Uh, and I'm taking an allied in Vampire Lord, Flying Horror. And an allied in Necromancy, yeah? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Necromancy, man, not just one. I was, uh-huh. was going to bring, like, six... Yeah, that'll fit in the allies pool. Yeah, 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 but no, no, I'll summon them. They're summonable. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure. Just making up my own rules now. Um, on top of that, then uh, the units <clears throat> I'm taking with me: twenty chain rasp, another twenty chain rasp. Um, they're going with a. Did I say spirit torment? I've got a spirit torment in there as well. Cool. So I'm taking the condemned battalion. So that's your. Um, two lots of chain rasps, one lot of chain ghasts, one spirit torment. Um, and on top of that, I'm taking 12 screamy banshees, um, and maybe an endless spell in there. We were discussing earlier off air and, uh, I might take an endless spell. I've got a few points up my sleeve, so we'll see what happens. I'm, um, so 1920. I am at 1920. Yeah. So you could, you could potentially just go for a, a 30 point endless spell. Still get your your triumph in most games and still have your command point. Yeah, I get to start with a couple of command points, which is nice. So, um, especially with uh, moving things around or getting that first Battleshock community turn one, if you're going to get something super fast and super punchy. So yeah. Um. So your list is pretty um 
It's got like the hammer side. It's got the anvil side there. It's got the uh, scalpel side as well. Yeah, it's, it's like a jack of all trades. I think I think it could work. Yeah, look, I, the way it's the way it's set up, I've got three distinct groupings. Um, so there's my home base, which is something just to hold a home objective. I've got my moving castle, which is magic inspired, spell eating, big blob to move around the table, mm. and then I've got a a vanguard, essentially, that is a, a group of things that um, can move around and strike from a flank or be a diversion or just something else you've got to keep your eye on. So th that's the idea. We'll yeah. see We'll see how it plays out. I've only actually played it once so far. Well, that was against me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think with a bit more practice, it'll be all right. Yep. Um, what are you tweaking with yours? Okay. So um, as I mentioned earlier, taking Slanesh. Uh, we're going to see uh, the return of the big tits. So, for those that don't know, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, there's an exalted greater demon of Slanesh. She has the Thermal Rider Cloak uh, artifact, which is from Akshi, Realm of Fire. So, plus four movement and, uh, yeah, makes her fly, which is fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, her uh, command trait is Devotee of Torment. What that does is it gives her a six-inch activating piling, which is fucking pretty absurd uh, on something which can just hit as hard as what she does. Uh, my sorry, I forgot to mention my host is Seekers, so plus two to move and charge for anything which isn't really a demonette in my list. Yep. Uh, we have a second uh, exalted, so Tigbits. Yep. Uh, so she's got no artifacts or trait, but she's still an exalted great demon of Slanesh who's gonna fuck shit. Uh, we've got a Chaos Source Lord. I just like to call him the Source Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, he's on a steed. And yep. uh, he's just there to give big tits or ting bits demonic power. Give her a little sauce. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Old sh uh, shake of the sauce bottle, you know? There you go. Uh, so, yeah, demonic power is just a bullshit spell. Casting value of only a five. Yep. Uh, Reroll hits, wounds, and saves a one. Yeah. Which is amazing on a fucking great demon uh, because... You know, monsters tend to, well, can be quite whiffy. Yeah. So, re-rolling most of that, re-rolling most of the rolls, rather, uh, is just insane. Re-rolls, re-rolls, re-rolls. Re-rolls. Re-rolls win games, so the bodies win. Mm -hmm. Speaking of bodies, uh, I've got 30 demonets in one block. Fuck off. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> so that with what absolute happens, love. What yeah. happened to your Grimgast Reapers when they went up against the unit of demonets, mate? There was ectoplasm everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, Demonettes can quite comfortably chew through uh, Grimgast Reapers. Yeah, they just exploded, frankly. Yeah. Um, I had 20. Yeah. And you killed 17 or something in one hit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was after saves and, and you know, Nighthaunt saves and everything else. You still killed 17. It was yeah. just insanity. Um, and it's because of the extra hits on a 5-up. Yeah, so when they're 20 or more, uh, unmodified hits of a 5-plus... Is an extra hit. Yeah. Now, these guys, they got buffed tremendously with the Wrath of the Rapture box, and it wouldn't surprise me if they go up in points. Yeah, uh, just just to justify that, because these things hit like just yeah. nothing else. So, uh, their old War Scroll was, uh, when they were 20 or more, hits of 5 plus, so modified 5s, and you rolled an extra attack. Yeah, I mean, I, I recall that your... Um, you would end up having more hits than even your initial roll. 
yeah. because of all the extras. You'd yeah. actually cover off on all the ones you missed and some. Yeah. Well, um, so these guys, they only hit on fours, mm. but two-thirds of their hits are actually two hits. Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Not to mention uh, they're re-rolling hits of one. Yep. Um, yeah, demonettes are just fucking awesome. So you just want to see twos and, <coughs> twos and threes everywhere, folks. Twos and threes. <laughs> Pretty oh. much. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's um, that's sixty-one dice. Yeah. So it's generally uh, sixty hits. Yeah, we were we were throwing dice for days. Yeah, we were. Uh, other battle line is uh, two and five health striders. Yeah. Yep. Because even though their uh, banners don't stack anymore. They're still pretty fucking good for 100 points. Hey, look, they debuff. They have a definite impact. They're hard to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they were hard for me to get rid of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, apart from the Demonettes, there is another new addition to the list, which is Six Fiends. Yeah. Now, I slagged on the Fiends when they first got released. Uh, not because they weren't good, but because they were too expensive for what they did. Yeah. However... Mm. Even though they are still expensive in my eyes, they're still really fucking good. And then they add that element of uh, stacking debuffs to my army, which what my original Master's Army had before. Yes. Uh, you know, things happened. Yeah. <laughs> you go back a few episodes for that. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, uh, fiends, they can kill stuff. Like, they killed Arkan in, a, in one go. They did. Against you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's not ideal because they don't earn depravity points, but fuck, they... Um, they can tank some hits. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, so you had to go away and eat a big slice of humble fiend pie. I did. And go, you know what? Which, you know, uh, comparing this to my master's list, it's pretty similar. The only thing that's changed is uh, Demonettes in, uh, regular Keeper of Secrets out. Yep. Uh, and then I lost a unit in the Hell Striders. However, however, there's still more to come. Mm. I have two endless spells in this list. Oh. Do not have cogs, which is another change. Yeah. Um, is that because it's fast enough? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the army's fast enough. It doesn't need cogs. That was that was a fluffy choice. Yeah. Uh, you know, excess and following along those lines of Slanesh. Absolutely. But you're also buffing your opponent. Correct. With with the which is the not ideal. No, it's no, not no, ideal no. at all. So my two endless spells is Geminids because they're absurdly fucking broken at the moment. Yep. Uh, and then the Pendulum because I needed 40 points to add me up from 1910 to 1950. There you go. So I do start off with one command point. Uh, I'm not abusing the three piling shenanigans unless I summon a regular Keeper of Secrets. Yep. Uh, but two piling or four piling off an Exalted Keeper... Like two Exalted Keepers, rather, yes. is enough. It's more than enough, yeah. Yeah, again, Master's List was going down the road of excess. Yes. Uh, this here is a more balanced army, in yep. my opinion. Yep. Uh, it does lack units, however, it is only a seven-drop army. So I get yep. the choice of who goes first, which is quite nice, because I'm not used to that most of the time. Well, yeah, I mean, in the game that we played, you know, that was a, uh, a point in that, with less bodies, you played drastically differently to I did, yeah. how you you would normally go against uh, myself. In that, in allowing for the fact that I had a lot more bodies. Yeah, look, um, I'm two units down. So in uh, battle plans such as uh, better part of valor, where 
I wanna what my army does is it just runs over and caps all your objectives and burns all of them in one turn. Yep. Traditionally. Yep. It's hard to do that with this because uh, there's less bodies and I've only yep. got seven units. Yeah. And I don't get depravity until after turn one. Yep. Yeah, so that's my list. Nineteen fifty of uh, big titty goodness. Yep. Um hoping to do quite well. We'll see how we go. <clears throat> Yeah, look, I think you'll do fine, frankly. Um, it's disgusting how successful you are, and um, I hope you go to hell and die. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was, that was just the subconscious. Uh, I, was, I was just channeling some Pat. <laughs> All right, yeah. <clears throat> it's amazing what happens when you talk to him for a while, isn't it? Mm, just, that is true. He just rubs on you like a good fucking piece of steak, you know? Don't, rub, don't, 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 don't rub your steak on me. That's weird, man. <laughs> All right. Now, I've got a treat for you. Do you? I do. Uh, I was digging around earlier here in the Measured Gaming secret underground lair, and I came across a sacred book. It's not the book that says, do not read, or... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. end of the world book. No, no. This book is a historically accurate breakdown of the entire history of both Wargaming, Central Victoria, and actually Measured Gaming as well. We made it in the book, did we? We did. Fuck. That's impressive. See, Measured Gaming is actually a, a secret society. Oh, we all knew that. I mean, it's not so secret, but it's a society. Yeah, well, there's... We're fairly social, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, I got this book. Bear with me. It is a bit dusty, too, so I'm just going to... Uh... <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to go through this because I've discovered lines upon the parchment, which I thought would be very interesting. So, um, what I wanted to share with both you uh, and our listeners um is taken directly from this historically this, accurate this book. <laughs> 100% historically accurate, uh, essentially measured gaming battle tone. Now, what I've got here first uh, is <laughs> this is a historical account of the origins of wargaming. It's like the word of God, right? <laughs> Basically, um, you know, uh, we've had historians and psychics and all sorts of people have contributed to this over the last uh, 8,000 years. Okay. And now, granted, the part I'm going to read is uh, significantly more modern <laughs> than that because um, everything I'm about to say is the absolute truth and was recorded in the Battle Time of Measured Gaming by the Founding Fathers... Sir Joel Little McGrath and Cook <laughs> and Mr. Christiansley Pigotten Twitch. <laughs> Founded in 1691 by two blokes whose boat landed in the bush after a typical Australian coastal storm, tabletop war claiming, or as it was originally known, I'll take your toys away, cunt. <laughs> was used primarily for resolving claims to gold panning positions along the Bare River, so named by a local hermit after William Abednego Thompson, who was a well-known English boxer, 
Although the term tabletop featured in the name from the very beginning, tables hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> now, war claiming originally consisted of a series of river stones and bottle tops and lacked any kind of rule book or consistent structure. War claiming rarely ended with a clear winner in those days of early Australian settlement. Only 160 years after this point, some loudmouth told everybody that there was gold in the ground and swarms of snaggletooth neckbeards flocked to the region and kicked off what's known in central Victoria as the gold rush. You can check Wikipedia. Fact. Although the original designs of the dice were entirely spherical, it soon became apparent that a cube would make for a faster outcome. Mr. Single Long Jong Wes Thong arrived in the city of Sandy Hursty. Now, the city of Sandy Hursty would later become known as Bendigo after 17 other name changes. Check Wikipedia. <laughs> and immediately took up to the task of setting up a workshop for games. The workshop was a veritable cave of wonders. And with that came the very first sculpted model. A little guy with a big hammer, not a euphemism, <laughs> that could be used for war. Or so the posters in the shop claimed. And quickly word spread that this war claiming thing could actually be used as a game rather than dispute resolution, although some remains of this original concept still linger today in the form of grudge matches, or as we know them, playdates. And so they promptly renamed war claiming to war gaming, where the dice were cubed, battles were fought on a tabletop following the late arrival of the table to Australian shores. We got it late, but we got it now. <laughs> <laughs> and rules disputes were resolved with gold panning competitions, which were resolved by subsequent tabletop gaming, and so on and so forth. By the time we reached the 1950s, the hobby had all but died out globally, although it still lingered in Turkish prisons and underground Brazilian poncho factories. It was resurrected by a Frenchman of both Polish and Spanish heritage named Eric in the city of Nottingham, England, 14,657 days ago exactly. Exactly from the day that you're listening to this. Spooky. Whoa. The proof that, that it originated here in central Victoria comes from one sinister but unmistakable clue. I'm waggling my finger. <laughs> All right? If you were to somehow track down and read the first draft of the modern wargaming rules, which was written across a series of 23 napkins and a beer-soaked coaster back in the winter of 1978, taking the first letter of each line, skipping rows in the Fibonacci or golden ratio sequence, moving on to the second and third letters and so on as you reach the end of the rules, it spells out the following, because I don't know how to pronounce it, right? because it's a, it's a lost language. Right? It's a lost English language, so I'm... I've always wondered what that meant. <laughs> so, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out the letters. S-S-I-P-E-H-T-G-N-I-K-A-T-E-R-A-S-Y-U-G-E-S-E-H-T. Now, I believe, if pronounced properly, it sounds something like... Sipetgning ikate razyugeshet. Play that backward, folks. Play that backwards. Yeah? Maybe. <laughs> In the next episode, 
I'm going to treat you to the next chapter, which is the formation of the Federation of Central Victorian Gaming Associations and participants into the think tank known as Measured Gaming. It's a bit of a gloomy history, that one. Well, it's tough, you know. Um, mm. Look, I know that there's uh, a lot of media outlets and um, historians outside of the society who are going to attempt to debunk what I've said here. Um, But I urge our listeners to have an open mind. Moving on. (laughs) Let me just, hang on, I'm just going to move this fucking book. (coughs) (coughs) Fucking dusty. All right. That's it for this episode. What's going to be on the next episode? Maybe a recap of Sega 2. Yeah. How, how far are we out from it? Three weeks? Let me look at the player pack. Yeah. <laughs> check the date. It's a good plan. Okay. It's on the 16th of March. So... Uh, um, it's the 20th today, so we've got 22 days. We might be able to bang out an episode beforehand. We might. So we few, might few may even away. be able to get Pat back on for an episode. No promises. We'll have to, you know, um, help mm. him to get through his parole hearing. There are some witnesses that need to disappear before they can testify. There's a fair <laughs> bit going on. Um, and given that I've just found this amazing big book, I'm not sure how much of my time I can put towards, you know, justice for Pat. Yeah, who we should get on next episode? Who? Tristan. Tristan? Tristan. Tristan, Sergeant Smith, Smash motherfucking Smith. Wow, that would be funny. It would be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind recording for two hours paying him out. <laughs> I guess we can do that. I feel like it'd almost be a bit like the Ricky Gervais show. Yeah. Where, you know, you and I are Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. And he's, you know, the the, the little bald imbecile. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's not quite bald, but he's getting there. He's getting there. Um, <laughs> so Tristan is our very own Carl Pilkington. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for listening bit of a weird episode this week i think yeah it's um look we did uh did try and smash it out in between busy lives and both of us not sort of 100 percent on the job yeah um uh, so it's a little shorter than normal i've only gotten through five beers today instead of six yeah uh so I do apologize <laughs> we're a little we look let's be honest we're a little off our game yeah um but we promise next episode we will be back uh there will be piles of cocaine around the joint we'll make sure we are amped and ready to speak at you with uh all of the the froth and vigor of you know the two young men should be able to um uh, to display when sitting alone in a room (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't say young but yeah yeah i know where you're going i don't have a lot of vigor or froth for that matter but uh, the only throffs in my guts at the moment. <laughs> well, well, that brings us to the end of episode six, uh, otherwise known as Dusty Fluff and a Hobby Gobby. Let's, uh, <laughs> Joel, take us away. Where can you find us on the socials? Find us on Facebook, Bush Radio, Measured Gaming, either or, either of the fucking like six groups that are there. You'll Join find them. us. You'll find us somehow. Message us. Uh, my name's Joel. This is Dave. You can find me on Twitter at John McGrath MG. You can find Dave at N- NC Dave underscore Wargamer. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for listening and rate us five stars, you cunts. See ya. See ya. <laughs>